And we're live. Uh, welcome to On Texas Football. I'm Bobby Burton, uh, joined by Ian Boyd of InsideTexas.com, our X's and O's expert, as well as Jerry Hamilton, uh, Inside Texas reporter uh, and recruiting analyst, not only for Inside Texas, but also for the On3 network as a whole. Uh, welcome in, gentlemen. Our uh, Friday rendezvous uh, is getting started. Longhorns, uh, five and two on the year, head to Oklahoma State. Uh, the Cowboys five and one on the season at this point, I believe, uh, coming off a overtime loss uh, to a double overtime loss to TCU on the road. Head back to Stillwater. Uh, Texas heads up to Stillwater. Uh, what are we thinking about this game at this point? Ian, I'll start with you, buddy. I, I think Texas probably has to feel a little optimistic. They, I think last week was kind of the game, you know, where you slip up if you're if you're not prepared. And I think they'll be a little more on guard this week. Um, I think they're playing a potentially beat up and depleted team, which is one of the concerns I had for Texas coming into this one since the eighth Saturday in a row that they'll have played. But it looks, I think the same is true for Oklahoma state. So they look pretty, uh, pretty beat up. So it's definitely a dangerous opponent, but there's a lot going Texas's way right now. Um, you say there's a lot going Texas way and it's a dangerous opponent. Um, quantify that really. I mean, how, how do you, how do you feel if a lot's going Texas way? Three game win streak, obviously in conference. First yeah. time that's happened. in I think in three years, uh, yeah. but what else? Well, one big thing is, that, you know, Texas is now in week three with Quinn Ewers at the helm and uh, Spencer Sanders has been carrying a heavy load for Oklahoma state. And it looks like it's breaking him down a little bit. Uh, we know he's got a shoulder injury with his throwing shoulder. Um, he might have some other bumps and bruises as well. By the end of the game last week in overtime, he was, you know, one hopping some throws and sailing some throws over the middle. He looks, you know, he's still he's still a capable player and definitely a guy that they are going to want on the field. It looks like um, Eric Nolly made this comparison earlier. It looks kind of like Sam Ellinger when he would get beat up over the course of the year and sometimes – uh, his accuracy would fail or wouldn't be able to hit the deep throws. I think that's what we can expect to see from Sanders as well. Yeah, I mean, I, I think about that, and, and I agree with Eric's uh, uh, Eric's uh, comment on that because, uh, frankly, guys, I mean, we've all seen uh, Sam Ellinger get banged up like that, and really, uh, not that not that he was a perfect passer in the first place. So I'm not getting there, but you don't, and neither is Spencer Sanders, by the way. But like Sam. If there's if there is a comparison between the two, those are the two guys you compare because they're both good runners. They're both heart and soul of the team uh, type guys, etc. I, I want to get to Jerry in just one second. First, I want to say thanks to our main sponsor uh, for these Longhorn live streams. That's Andy Ludicky. Uh, Andy our, Andy uh, it runs a company called MyPerfectFranchise.net where he matches up folks with franchises, got puts them through a test. Uh, kind of a Q&A type of situation, and then tries to find the franchise that's right for you. Uh, so if you're looking to diversify or start your own business, uh, you can contact Andy at myperfectfranchise.net. Uh, that's Andy at myperfectfranchise.net. Uh, Jerry, I'm going to go to you now, and uh, I know you have something to say about this game coming up as well uh, and your feelings on it. Uh, so go ahead and take it away. Yeah, I actually think this game sets up really well for Texas um, for three reasons. Um, and the last one's just kind of – I feel like Sark's due to win a big road game. Um, but the first two are, um, look, 
the Texas Tech loss earlier this year, that's the worst game Texas has played, counting Iowa State, in my opinion. I, I mean, they Texas should not have lost to Texas Tech. They're a better team than Texas Tech. They went on the road and kind of laid an egg. So Sark's got that going for him from a motivational standpoint. Then they beat a – and I, I think Iowa State's a quality opponent because Matt Campbell's a tremendous coach, and you, it's like playing Kelvin Sampson in basketball. As I've said, it's going to be a grind. It's going to be tough. They're going to be well coached. They're going to they're going to have all their fits. They're not going to – other outside of turnovers, they're not going to lose a game. You actually have to go beat them, and normally you have to beat them physically and mentally. So you won last week. And you didn't look good doing it or up to the standard that you thought you should doing it. So another great coaching point week for Sark. So he's got two really good motivational things behind him. And then three, that guy's due to win a road game against a quality opponent. I mean, he's one in five against power five teams on the road since he's been at Texas. They won at TCU, um, which was last year what was probably the worst TCU team we've seen, right? But this is an opportunity to go beat a ranked team on the road and a ranked team that has injuries. Because I agree with Ian. And this is my this is my biggest point with this game. If if Spencer Sanders goes, this and this is a question for both of y'all. Does Mike Gundy and his staff have to call a game at least in the first half to protect him? And if they do and he becomes a pocket passer, Texas damn sure better win that game. Because he's not a pocket passer. If they have to protect him a little bit, the better he gets to the third and fourth quarter of that game, then that plays into Texas' hands. Because pocket passers are not what scares me from a Texas defensive standpoint this year. It's the guys who do things with their feet that scare me. Well, you know, I I don't know that I necessarily agree with that uh, all total. And I'll tell you why. Um, Our boy... Hunter Deckers scared me plenty, and he didn't run much at all last week. I mean, he ran he's a good four times, and that ended up being the difference in the game in favor of Texas. Right. You know, yeah. because of the, the cost fumble. I feel like, Jerry, um, my, my take on this is I feel like Spencer Sanders is a, a very good quarterback, but he is who he is. And so he's right. been picked over and nitpicked, and everybody knows what he does well and doesn't do well. Well, no, he's not a all-star pocket passer. We Nobody says he is. Is he good enough? I've seen him hit some 15, 20-yard outs that look pretty darn good. I've then seen him skip one in there too, right? Um, and yeah. so you get that back and forth. Uh, my take on it is really more uh, with, you know, what is Texas going to do defensively to take away what Spencer Sanders can do well? And I don't know that we've seen other than maybe West Virginia uh, and possibly uh, possibly Alabama, have we seen a Texas defense really take away the number one asset of an incoming offense at this point? Uh, I thought they did a great job against West Virginia at home. I thought they did a great job uh, mitigating the run that Alabama wanted to enforce on them physically. Uh, But other than that, they didn't really take away Frank Harris at UTSA. They didn't really take away Hunter Deckers. Oklahoma doesn't really count because they didn't have a running. They didn't have a quarterback. I mean, Ian, what, what are your thoughts to Jerry's question? Well, I don't know if they can afford to protect him too much because I think that they're going to want to – I mean, in the run game, I think they will. I don't think they'll run him as much on option ball as they would like to to help their run game. 
But I do wonder if they just throw the ball 40, 50 times and try to get the ball out quick to their slot receivers and attack Texas's linebackers. Because that's where Texas has been vulnerable. That's where they keep getting beat on third down. And um, I think they may be okay with Sanders getting 10 to 15 carries if they come as scrambles and not as, uh, you know, they're probably not going to run quarterback power, quarterback lead so much this week. But um, I think they kind of have to lean all in on Sanders if they want to really get after Texas and give themselves the best chance to win. Can he make it the whole game like that? I don't know. That's uh yeah, that's the that's the $64 million question or the six and a half point spread question, I guess. Hey Jerry, this one's for you because you were you're you're the one saying you were the one talking about doing it doing making this happen for Sark on the road. Uh give him a reason to believe, uh give Orlando a reason to believe Texas can win on the road. Well, uh, one, I think they're motivated double times double this week, and I do think that matters. I, I think the three-game winning streak in the locker room, these guys have the biggest goal in front of them. That's getting to a Big 12 championship. And if they win the game in Saturday, st- Saturday in Stillwater, they have a really good chance at that point to get there um, because that's a quality win. Then you have a week off before you go to K-State. This is a huge game for Texas in the Big 12 championship hunt. I mean, it really is getting to the game. But if you lose, your back's against the wall, and the chances of you going undefeated though. The rest of the way out aren't to me aren't high, highly probable. If you win this game and confidence keeps building, you get a week off. And then here's here's another one. I mean, uh, Bobby will get into the uh, East to West win, the only stadium in America. But you know, I, I feel good about it that Quinn Ewers is the quarterback this week. I, I feel good about it because look, when's the last and Sam Ellinger's in the NFL, and I'm not saying anything negative about Sam because Sam was a tremendous football player. When's the last time Texas took a NFL, true NFL passer on the road? I mean, this is a different game for Texas right now. They haven't had a talent like this. A true guy that is going to throw a lot of passes in the NFL if he stays healthy. It's been a long time for Texas. And yeah, so it, it, it this, gives you an, this gives you an opportunity. But here's the biggest thing. Here's the biggest thing to his point. This is a game, and I'm not stealing Charles Woodson's line. Your stars have to be stars Saturday if you're going to win this game. Bottom line, Bijan Robinson, you know, he has a lot of motivation. He fumbled the ball in the first play in overtime in Lubbock. That's a lot of motivation for him this week on the road. Quinn Ewers has a lot of motivation. He didn't play up to his standard last week, even though he didn't turn the ball over. Xavier Worthy hasn't had that game where he said, ooh, man, he looks amazing this year like he did last year. He hasn't had that game yet. Kelvin Banks looks like a first-round pick every week for a freshman, which is amazing. But the stars have to be stars this week. And Texas, for the first time, has the stars on offense. And we'll see it. We'll see what they look like Saturday. I, those are the best reasons I can give other than Sark's due. I mean, yeah. golly, he's due. Yeah. I, mean, I, I think that that this leads me into a question with, with Ian that, that I think is fair. And, and uh, you mentioned the weather, and, and a couple of people have asked about it, too. So they're saying 15, 20, 25 mile an hour wind plus gusts higher than that. Um, uh, Boone Pickens Stadium is east to west, true east to west, as opposed to north to south, like most stadiums. I think that somebody's told me that there is one other Division One school that has an east west stadium, and that's the University of Washington. I haven't been able to uh, verify that, but it, it really is odd to, to be a true east to west stadium. And so you can get these gusts coming out of the 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 uh, west that 
that literally are, are pretty pretty uh, hectic and pretty unusual uh, in football. But at least it's not a swirling wind, right? I, I just don't know. Uh, my, my question is for Ian. How does that affect the passing game, in your opinion, and, and having someone like Quinn Ewers? Uh, and then furthermore, Jerry, I'll, I'll come back and your point about Quinn Ewers going on the road and what it looks like with an NFL guy uh, coming to town in Stillwater. So, uh, uh, Ian, take that one first about the uh, weather, please. Yeah, well, my initial thought was that this could help Texas because I think Sanders is already a little shaky on the deep ball. And so you wonder if, you know, the wind might blow the ball to a safety or something. Um, but on reflection, I think Oklahoma State is really likely to try to throw it short and underneath anyways because they need to because of between Sanders' arm and the best way to attack this Texas defense, they're probably going to want to manufacture drives throwing to Brennan Presley and John Paul Richardson. So um, it may not hurt their game plan as much. Whereas Texas, this week, every week, chuck it deep with Quinn Ewers, try to find Xavier Worthy deep. At the very least, get them all backed off and throw it on the intermediate routes. You know, this has been Texas's bread and butter this year. So uh, if the wind impacts that, I, I think it's not so good for them. I think it's a, a little bit of home field advantage for Oklahoma State. And then field goal kicking, I – I don't know how to handicap that in this particular game, but boy, could it ever matter. Yeah. My, my take on this and, and, and where I was going with uh, Quinn Ewers going to, to uh, Stillwater for the first time, um, you know, I felt like it wasn't necessarily that Quinn threw a bad ball against Iowa State. I didn't see him. Maybe he threw that one bad ball maybe to Casey Kane, uh, the one in the, the fourth and two one, right? But I didn't see him necessarily throw a bad ball. I thought that for the first time, the game wasn't slow for him. I felt like he didn't get through his first, second, third reads. I think that Iowa State confused him a little bit. Um, it'll be interesting to see uh, as they play better defenses in the Big 12 um, where Quinn's uh, growth comes from and how much better he's able to get uh, because OU was – you know, catastrophic on D and still is. Uh, I, I don't think that West Virginia has a great defense. Texas Tech is an okay defense, and uh, but Quinn didn't really go up against them. So I, I feel like I feel like the the times that he sees junk defenses that three eight three 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 eight. I mean, excuse me, three three five kind of look from Iowa State. Those things are the ones that are going to give a guy that even though he has that, to, to Jerry's point, that A++ ability that start to give him a little bit of pause that might give uh, the opponent some some uh, value. So uh, that being said, he still can make some throws that everybody else is just going to go, okay, you can do that and I can't. So uh, those, are, those are the unfair and, ones, right? And he's, doing uh, it, and he's doing it to NFL. NFL draft picks, by the yeah. way. So he's got no, that going it's for totally him. true. It's totally true. This is a good question, Jerry. You start with this one. Do you think uh, Texas is more likely to go three and zero or zero and three the next three games? I mean, more likely is three and zero than zero and three. Texas has too much talent to go zero and three. There's just that. I mean, they got too many future NFL draft picks at the right positions at quarterback, running back, two running backs, tight end, wide receiver, 
Whittington will play in the I mean, they got too many guys. Kelvin Banks, offensive line's getting better. They're not going 0-3. So the odds are better they go 3-0. and But if you're a Texas fan, if you can walk away 2-1, and you're ready to roll. Because you're seven no, you're and three in the headed in the last 12. two. That's what I wrote yeah. today, kind of. You you go, you know, this this game does put the onus on the loser to win out the rest of the way in the Big 12 if you want to be in the Big 12 championship race, okay? The winner is kind of in the catbird seat along with the TCU, um, uh, TCU uh, K-State uh, loser, right? So the winner of TCU and K-State, the only two undefeateds in the Big 12, uh, are going to be the unquestioned leader for that, that for the Big 12 race. Second place then is a tie between Oklahoma State uh, or Texas and uh, the loser of that K-State TCU game. So um, it's it's interesting. Texas plays three of those uh, teams coming up in the next three weeks. Uh, so we'll see how that and goes. And so does Kansas State. I definitely State, would say it's more likely to be 3-0. and oh. um, Now, if you would have said 1-2 and two versus 3-0, and oh, you know, I that that might have been that might have been different because I think this is a game, even though Texas is favored by six and a half, it's every bit the toss up as as just about any game in the Big 12 is right now. Uh, and then you go again uh to uh Kansas State in two weeks and then host TCU. Uh, you know, look, this is the this is the meat of the schedule. We'll see how it goes. Ian, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I agree. Um K State TCU is a big game this weekend. And, and by, the, by the way, Bobby, Bob. Go ahead, Jerry. We got you, Jerry. Uh, yeah. Uh, then, uh, look, Kansas State's got the tough run right now because they have they have TCU this weekend, then they have Oklahoma State, then they have Texas. Texas gets an off week in there. I think that's huge. Kansas State, what's Kansas State going to look like when Texas rolls up there to Manhattan? I think it's an interesting question. Uh, because Adrian Martinez, we talk about Spencer Sanders and his injury. Adrian Martinez plays a physical style of football, and he's a guy who struggled to stay healthy. He was he wasn't healthy when we had him in the Under Armour game coming out of high school. He had a shoulder surgery after that. Um, he's a guy who struggled, and they're putting a lot on his legs, which puts a lot on his shoulders when he gets hit. And look, I mean, you got TCU, Oklahoma State, Texas, back to back to back weeks. So Texas has something going for them against Kansas State, and that they have an off week before that game. And to Ian's point, this is eight weeks in a row they've played, so that off week comes at a perfect time. Um, but this that's what makes this game huge for Texas. I really do think – TCU scares me more than Kansas State, even though Kansas State's a road game, just because they have so much skill. And, and while Dugan, I don't think, is a real effective passer, he's still in the future NFL guys, draft picks, and he's really good with, all, with his feet. But I, I this is a huge game for Texas because to that question about the 3-0 and versus 0-3, if Texas wins this week, I can see the momentum building then they win at Kansas State. Then TCU comes to town, and, and they're two and zero, trying to be three and zero on that stretch. That's really how I see it playing out with a win this week. Uh, what about you, Ian? I see it the same. Uh, probably a little more worried about K State and less about TCU. To with threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending. Determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. 
And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Really? Be a little contrarian with Jerry, but uh, but I agree. The schedule sets up very nicely for Texas. This game is the scariest one of the three, in my opinion. Or it would be if Oklahoma State wasn't so beat up. Um, if they can win this game, like Jerry said, that just tremendous momentum they can build. You have your road win monkey off your back. Um, TCU is at home. Baylor is at home. And uh, bye week before you go on the road to Manhattan. So pretty nice. And, and I think his point, not only about Adrian Martinez, has to be able to make it through these next two weeks without getting too dinged up. Max Duggan's pretty much the same kind of player. And he has less margin for error than some of these other guys in terms of his throwing ability. So that, that guy gets beat up. That's another uh, uh, potential boost for Texas. I really think Texas is – I really think injuries are going to help Texas get through this final stretch of the season just because they have more depth than other teams do. And haven't been as bit necessarily as hard uh, by the injury bug. I want to talk about that right now uh, because well, – They did, and then they got back, right? Yeah. They already yeah. got through their Hudson card stretch. Yeah. Um, but I want to ask you because uh, Oklahoma State, uh, one of their rotational defensive tackles, who is a potential NFL guy – uh, announced on Wednesday or Thursday that he was going to go ahead and quit the rest of this year and prepare for the NFL draft. He had been injured off and on all year. It, it had uh, decreased his effect, effectiveness already. They were on their third string center at point in time against TCU uh, already this year. Um, it's not just Spencer Sanders right now that is beat up at Oklahoma State, right? Is, is that true, Ian? Yeah. Yeah, I think some of their outside receivers are a little beat up. Um, the Evers, the defensive tackle, he was – I think that's partly partly why he decided to shut it down for the season is because he just wasn't effective this year. At TCU, if TCU hadn't gotten down big so early against him, they might have run them over and, and controlled the game last week because Oklahoma State could not stop their run game uh, down the A-gaps. Um, I don't know what it looks like for them behind Evers, so that's kind of a – concern for them facing Bijan Robinson and Roshan Johnson. Yeah, some of, some of the outside receivers are beat up. Um, defensive tackle, quarterback, Spencer Sanders. I don't know if they have any other ones, but that's already quite a lot to go on. So, Hey, hey Bobby, I have a question for Ian, uh, because he wasn't on the postgame show when you, you, Rod, and I were talking about how Texas started off running the ball. I called it cute instead of just downhill against Iowa State, and then when they shifted to more of a downhill run game, they had more success. How would you attack Oklahoma State this week, Ian? Because to me, I, I, that offensive line coming together, the way, I would run the ball downhill more from the start. Uh, but how would you attack it, Ian, if you were Texas against Oklahoma State? Yeah, you certainly want to get after them inside, especially with that guy Evers out. Um, their linebackers, I think – you know, they have one really good linebacker in Mason Cobb. They try to use their safety, Kendall Daniels, to help him out. I think Xavier Benson, the Juco, is a little – he's still figuring out the position. He played more outside of Juco, and so he's not as natural inside linebacker. So they, I definitely think they want to isolate and get on him downhill. I think maybe the interesting question would be whether they want to do that from the spread or whether they want to um, get extra bodies like Carrick and the – and the tight ends on the field to extend the front. I'm not sure which one will better help them uh, get after Oklahoma State, but 
it might be good to, to go big because I don't know if Oklahoma State has enough good run defenders to hold up if you extend the front and give them more gap story about plugging. So potentially downhill, but but maybe from extended extended surfaces, if that makes sense. Ian, staying on this, uh, the strength of the OSU defense, in our opinion, is their de- is their group of defensive ends, correct? Oh, yeah. They have okay. three good edges, and Tyler Lacey plays out there as well. So, so explain that. Talk about those guys to to, to the folks here at here on the chat or the live stream with us. So they, it's interesting this year. I really thought they would play more two four five, honestly, and spin Tyler Lacey down to defensive tackle. But they've played a lot of three three hybrid fronts like they did last year. So they have a big defensive end named Tyler Lacey, who's about like six three three hundred pounds. Uh, he's a terrific player run run defender and pass rusher. But then they have three amazing edges. They have Brock Martin, who had like 11 sacks last year. They have Colin Oliver, who had 11, 12 sacks last year as a true freshman. And then they got their other guy, who would have been the number one edge last year if he hadn't been hurt, Trace Ford. So they have three guys that can get after the passer. And um, they do not get them on the field enough, in my opinion. Colin Oliver is not on the field nearly enough. I don't know. I don't know what they're doing or why they do that. On third down, though, you, you get them. They're, they're all there, and you have to worry about it. I In the offseason, I thought this was a huge concern for Texas. It's been less of a concern after watching them handle Will Anderson and Dallas Turner and uh, the Oklahoma guys and the Iowa State's Will McDonald. Like, none of those guys were big factors against Texas. Kelvin Banks has been terrific. Sarkin has had a scheme around to help guys out. So this is – they are loaded with edge rushing talent, but that's looking less like a concern for Texas this season. Jerry, speak to this because I agree with it. The scary part of this game is that everything is set up almost too well for Texas. It's, it's that, it's that uh, you know, nobody wants to pinch themselves, right, and realize they may be setting up for a dream scenario where uh, Spencer Sanders is injured. But uh, the reality of it is, is Texas is walking in with a pretty talented team, a defense that has gotten better. Uh, we'll have to see uh, where it goes. I don't know that Jerry could hear me there. Uh, I'll I'll, uh, I'll remove Jerry until he gets a chance to get back in. Ian, you heard me what I was saying there. And, and you know, I think Texas has bitten, been bitten by the bug too much of the gotcha bug. Like things, I think it, it, we call it, PT, it's PTSD if you're in, you know, you know, in yeah. another form of a, a thing, but we call it battered fan syndrome, BFS, right? Where Texas fans remember, oh, I felt this way two years ago, or I felt this way after Texas beat Georgia, then all of a sudden we were back to square one. What is different right now, in your opinion, um, with this Texas team uh, and those, or is it still, are they still very much in a, a prove it to me phase? Well, hey, I think they're definitely going to need to prove it, especially to help the, the battered fans. But uh, if Jerry had been able to answer this question, I think one of his answers would have been Quinn Ewers. Um, they've not adjusted well in the past when they've gotten, you know, the chips are down and they're in trouble. And part of that is just having a quarterback that can go make plays down the stretch. Um, they have that more now. They have that a little more from Bijan now as well because of uh, the offensive line improving. So, you know, they've been in situations in the past where they, where they get in these holes 
and then you're looking around for the best players that are going to get them out. And the best players are either not good enough or they're not supported well enough. And I don't think that's really the case anymore. Um, you know, it looked like all the chips were lining up to just go smash Oklahoma. And then what happened? They smashed Oklahoma. It smashed them maybe more than we Texas fans would have dared hope. So, uh, yeah, I think just the overall talent level and, and just the, the roster makes more sense on offense. We just got offensive players that have a chance to go and not let bad things happen. I, I think I, I think of this, and uh, I feel like Texas is in that in that scenario where uh, it's they're still in the prove it scenario to me, a prove it stage. At the same time, yes, they have a quarterback they're, that they're building around that we think has that plus ability, but they still have elite other elite guys. Whereas I don't know that. They had some guys that were good guys like a, a Joe Osai, for example, uh, like an uh, LJ Humphrey or a Devin DuVernay and those kind of guys. Um, Ellinger, another example of a really good player, but not necessarily a Bijan Robinson. That's a first round pick, right? Or even a, a, a Xavier Worthy who may be in that category as well. So Texas and JT Sanders. Uh, so Texas is starting to accumulate these guys that they're hard, they're just hard to beat. I mean, I go back and, and I don't know how much you rewatched the Iowa State game, Ian, uh, but the whip route that Xavier Worthy put on that Iowa State DB, he had no chance. Yeah. And it wasn't like, oh, they just Quinn just really popped it in there, skin of your teeth. That thing was wide, you know what open, right? Yeah. You get that when you have better players. It's not just a scheme at that point, or the play caller calling the plays, it's actually, you know, they're not just robots going through the motion. They're actually accentuating those plays and making them better. Um, and so that gives me some, uh, I don't want to say pause or, or some, that gives me some encouragement that it may not just be that piece of it, Ian. Um, all right, uh, I want to get to this one. Uh, Jerry was spot on about Quinn Ewers. He's different, I believe was the quote. Best description I've heard, 6-0 and is the finish. All right, so first of all, Darwin, thanks for the uh, super chat there. Uh, we, we definitely appreciate it. It helps us out. Um, what are your thoughts on that, though, uh, Ian? 6-0 and finish? That, we're just talking about that way too soon, right? Well, yeah. <laughs> I think, um, you know, that Iowa State game was the perfect example, right? They, they were, I think they were favored by 16 in that game. They almost blew it, um, but they pulled it out. Um, partly because of what you just described, you know, the fourth down chance on the goal line, Iowa State couldn't stop them four times. Eventually, Xavier Worthy makes somebody look bad on a whip route, and then there you go. Yeah. They have the talent to go 6-0 and down the stretch. I'm pretty sure they're going to be favored in every single game. But – you it's a tough league to do that in because there's not a lot of gimmies. Everybody is beatable. Everybody is imminently beatable, but nobody is uh, just, you know, awful anymore. Now that Kansas, I mean, for Texas, it's been a problem anyway, but now that Tech, now that Kansas has kind of figured out how to play football, then yeah. So I, I maybe, maybe. Well, I mean, you just, you never know. I mean, I, I think we're in that scenario where it's all 
uh, all in in that uh, take where uh, I, I don't want to put the cart before the horse uh, and whatnot. Um, welcome back in, uh, Jerry Hamilton. Uh, Jerry is uh, uh, joining us again. He had some dial-up problems. Uh, before we go to the next question I had, uh, I do want to thank our advertiser, uh, Andy Ludicky. <laughs> Andy Ludicky, uh, are you looking to diversify? You may be someone like me that has their hands in multiple businesses. Well, Andy can help you diversify by finding you businesses that will fit your time allotment and financial goals. Call him or email him to learn more. He's got a really cool process. I did it myself. Andy at myperfectfranchise.net. Uh, Jerry, we were talking uh, while you were out there a little bit uh, about Quinn Ewers and what the possibilities are and and how Texas can go about this process of, uh, of you know, really attacking other teams and what they can or can't do to Texas because of, of, of his ability. Um, you know, where... Where do you see the line being drawn of, of just how good this Texas team can be this year? I'm, I'm gonna ha- I'm gonna have a crazy take real quick. Um, I don't mind a Quinn Ewers interception in a game like this because that means he's throwing the ball down the field and he's attacking. And I know it's going to be windy, but. Um, we talked about it before the Iowa State game last week. Would Texas be a little conservative to protect him against the best defense they faced? And I think that game, yes, but that's the best defense Texas is going to face. Um, nobody's going to be as good defensively as those guys. They were really good. Um, I think an interception on the road, as long as it's not in your own red zone, essentially, I'm fine with that because that means he is he is attacking um, he's going to have a short memory. He's proven he's a short memory player. But him, Quinn Ewers throwing 17 touchdowns and two interceptions this year doesn't do it for me. Quinn needs to throw 22 touchdowns and six interceptions. It's a good ratio, and it means he's attacking down the field. And I, I and I don't want there to be such a protection of him that it takes away what he's really good at. And he is better than most in the intermediate and deep passing game. And with that comes interceptions for a young quarterback. But you got to be willing to let him make those mistakes, and he's going to be his arm will make his confidence in that arm. He will make those mistakes, and you got to be willing to live with it. And if he throws one against Oklahoma State down the field, I'm fine with that as long as he keeps throwing it down the field. He's not going to have a Chris Sims meltdown. That's not the type of player he is. I think that's fair. Um, hey, uh, Ian, take this one. Uh, big week where JT Sanders gets more targets, in your opinion. I thought that would be last week. I thought they would just try to flood the underneath zones against Iowa State and throw it. I didn't realize that they were going to be able to run it down their throats like that. So Iowa State is a very good run defense, and uh, they had some good tricks for helping them, but they also just knocked people out of their way. I think, um, you know, any week could be a big JT Sanders week if they like the matchup. I think – that would be a decent bet for this week. It probably depends somewhat on if they can run the ball, though. Um, I don't know that Sanders is a volume target unless it's a game where they're throwing the ball 30, 40 times. If they're not throwing it 30, 40 times, if they're in the like 20 to 30 range, then a lot of those are going to go to Worthy and Whittington and the running backs. Um, Iowa State also covered up that, that Ezekiel's wheel RPO play that they'd hit Sanders on a lot, so that kind of took away a couple of his, his catches. 
Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. I would, to me, it would almost be a bad sign if Sanders has a lot of catches this week because I think that they're going to want to go downfield or run the ball first. And if they have to go into the bag to throw to Sanders, that may indicate that something else didn't go right. But um, I was wrong last week, so I could be wrong. If they, if they see a matchup there they think is money, maybe they'll hit it. So Jaleel Billingsley got on the field a little bit last week. Yeah. Um, not much. Uh, is this an opportunity for him to see more time? Is this the sort of defense where we might see a little bit more of him? Man. I don't know that I really put that much thought. I'm, I think maybe later when they play some of the more zone kind of heavy teams, um, get Billingsley involved a little more. I think Baylor is a game where Billingsley could be extremely useful because Baylor's secondary has been a little iffy. They're playing a lot of zone. So a tight end that knows how to get open against that could be very valuable. Kansas State, very much, very much so. Um, so I don't know. I, maybe they look to just get him a little more acclimated this week, and then they then they really save up the good Billingsley stuff for uh, after the bye week would be my guess. Uh, you know, th- this 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 is a question I have. Um, you and I and Jerry, we all have a lot of respect for what Mike Gundy has done at Oklahoma State. Um, one of the best coaches in the league, uh, the most tenured coach in the league for sure. Uh, but he's averaged, I think, nine and a half wins over a decade at Oklahoma State. That's just phenomenal. Um, you know, what what kind of advantage is does he have going into this game in Stillwater? I mean, is it is it legitimate that he has an, a coaching advantage? Not necessarily a coaching advantage as much as a strategy advantage over uh, Steve Sarkeesian, because A, he knows all the referees. So he knows what kind of game they call just to, if he sees their names come up on the card, you know, he says, oh, I know those guys, they're going to call this tight or whatever. He knows the, the, the wind of Stillwater, the plains of the, you know, Oklahoma kind of thing. Uh, he knows uh, what it's like playing tight games a lot in this conference. I mean, how much of a advantage is that kind of, that know-how, I guess, of any, if anything else, for Oklahoma State in a game like this? He's definitely very good on the strategy. Like, um, he knows how to make games come down to what he does well versus what you do poorly. Um, I think that that's theoretically an advantage that Sarkeesian should also have. Like, if you're a really good game planner, that should be true of you. I think that's probably true of both of these coaches. Maybe I think the biggest advantage for Gundy is the one you just said, where he's coached 100 million close Big 12 games. And he always knows the pulse of his team really well, and he knows how to manage those late-game situations either by he can do the the math in his head real quick on sort of analytics decisions, or he knows, like, I can can pin them on the two here if I punt, or I got to get the field goal here, or they're not going to be able to – he just – he's always nails on those decisions – and he's been through it so many times because he's played so many of those games. Like Sarkeesian, how many how many 
one score back and forth games as he's been the head coach for. Not nearly as many as Gundy. So uh, I think that one is where you see some of his advantage is just that he's just come out on top uh, so many times in that scenario. Absolutely. All right. Um, Jerry is back with us and he's in his he, car. Even he's when I don't want to be in my car, I have to be in my car. Jeez. <laughs> now, hey, just because you're in your car, we're going to ask you a recruiting question. We're gonna... <laughs> that, that's only appropriate, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Any updated recruiting nuggets worth mentioning, Jerry? Uh, by the way, because I wanted to make this point before I lost connection for the 80th time, this is a huge game for recruiting, by the way, because Texas wins this game. Then you're so, if Texas wins this game, you're sitting there at six and two, and you're staring nine and three in the face at that point. I mean, so that's a big deal. I've always said three games, if you get the eight and four, once you start getting to that nine win Big 12 championship territory, I mean, that's a different ball game in recruiting. Uh, any nuggets worth mentioning on Inside Texas? We mentioned this morning, Texas remains in contact with Jalen Brown, the wide receiver out of Gulliver Prep in Miami. Um, he has family in the Austin area. Um, he's committed to LSU. He made an unofficial visit to A&M in September. So uh, he's looking at other official visits. He's not a lot to sign with LSU. I'm not saying he's definitely not signing with LSU, but he's not a lot. Um, I thought the other interesting one, we've had some questions on Inside Texas about Jelani McDonald, who Texas offered last week. Then he made the unofficial visit to Texas. Um, is People were asking if Texas is slow playing him. I, I think Texas is juggling numbers right now. Guys are starting to hit the portal, right? The safety out of Louisville hit the portal. Really good player. You're starting to see these things happen, and now you're sitting there, and these these blue blood programs are juggling their numbers uh, versus need uh, in the portal uh, versus how, how, how we have two linebackers committed. Are we going to take three? What you're still trying to recruit Anthony Hill? Um, that's a long shot, but you're tr still trying to flip him. Then there's the portal, the immediate need at linebacker. So there it's a it's a numbers juggling uh proposition right now for these staffs as they're looking at this as these guys are starting to hit the portal because Bobby, we all know what's coming in about three weeks. Pandemonium. I just have no feel. I, I don't I, either. I, I have no feel for how the, the portal is going to go. What's interestingly happening right now, Jerry, uh and Andy and both uh and all the, the listeners out there and viewers we're starting to see because because teams cannot put their name put names publicly into the portal what we've started to see in the last 2 weeks are players themselves announcing yes. that they're going into the portal um that is that that used to they names just to used to show up so what's happening i think is that's for guys that are going ahead and announcing they're leaving and not finishing out this season right. with the team. Um, and are those the ones you necessarily want? Are you waiting to see if that all conference safety from uh, the PAC 12 that, you know, are you waiting to see if he's the guy or if there's a, the wide receiver out there, that the likes of Isaiah nail. I mean, I don't know. Uh, we don't know what the, what the, that, uh, just how wide and vast the, the transfer portal might be. Uh, it could be that there's only 10 to 15 guys Texas wants out of the portal. It could be that there's 150 or 100. I mean, it literally, I know that's a lot of numbers, but what happens at the top, you know, what happens if 10 to 15 guys at five to seven positions go out in the portal 
and they're all good enough to improve you yeah. next year. And Texas is sitting there. Furthermore, what if uh, some Texas players decide to test the portal themselves? Um, you know, that's that's a that's a sticky situation and, and one that we don't have to talk about. Um, Marcus Deal uh, out of Naaman Forest, the, the two-way lineman Bo Davis is recruiting for the Longhorns. Uh, what's the latest on him, Jerry? I, I, I hear that he's visiting TCU this weekend. Is that accurate? Introducing Royal Caribbean's newest ship, Icon of the Seas, the ultimate family vacation. The ultimate six slides, eight neighborhoods, zero compromise vacation. The ultimate never done that, can't wait to do it vacation. The ultimate chillin' by a different pool every day of the week vacation. This is the Icon of Vacations. Icon of the Seas, arriving in 2024. Book today. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry Bahamas. A Friday night game, then he's he, he TCU's got a built-in advantage there, and I still think at the end of the day, I said it uh, yesterday, and it's something we wrote on Inside Texas. I still think, despite Georgia liking the Georgia official visit, his father's a coach, parents are educators. Um, I still think this Texas TCU close to home, very close to home, could be where this recruitment ends up because it's just harder for a coach to travel on a weekend out of state to go see his kid. I mean, it, it is what it is. I mean, that's just the reality of it. I'm a coach's kid. I, not that I went out of state, but I, I get it from their schedule perspective. Um, and look, TCU is absolutely trying to make the most of this run they're on as they should. Uh, they have good recruiters on that staff. Um, uh, guys that are on the field or guys that are in the office. They, they got some talented guys that they're, that they have over there. Um, and they're trying to make the most of this. And that's obviously with Andre Kojo, too. I mean, TCU's going all in on Andre Kojo. Um, and it's the same deal, same type of deal as Marcus Deal. How close to home does that family ideally want him? Is it 30 minutes from home in the case of Kojo, you know, a rock, <laughs> throw a rock and hit it? Or is it two and a half hours? And I think either way, as far as deal, uh, the family's fine with that. Um, but I I think Bo Davis just has to stay the course. Texas will get the last official visit. It'll be after the name and force season, which they're going to make the playoffs. Um, and then we'll go from there. But I think TCU's run uh, here has really helped them. And it gives uh, the deal and the family two options close to home versus maybe one before the season. Got it. Since Oklahoma's right, um, falling off, by the way, since Oklahoma's fallen off. All right, folks, I want to see uh, the any uh, if you have a predicted scores uh, for this game, please put them up now. Uh, we're ready to hear your score predictions uh, for Texas uh, versus Oklahoma State. Uh, I'm going to ask uh, Ian uh, what his was. I, I'm going to ask Jerry his uh, as well, and then I'll give mine. Uh, but actually, I'm going to start with mine because mine's not changing. So I'm okay. on a three-game losing streak and very proud of it at this point. Um, and so I'm not. I'm hoping to lose again this week. Uh, I'm going with Oklahoma State 24, Texas 20. Um, you know, going to be hard for the Longhorns up in Stillwater. Don't know if they can score many points. I look for Mike Gundy to be smart with the ball uh, and uh, get the most out of what he's got uh, on offense. That's my official prediction. Uh, my, uh, I, I may have an unofficial prediction that's a little bit different, but that's where I'm at. Uh, Ian, what are you at on, on your prediction for Texas Oklahoma State? I think I had Texas 34 27. Um, I've really wanted to pick Oklahoma State in this game. And I just feel like there's too many paths to, for Oklahoma State to lose. The path for them to win is uh, they just 
wreck Texas over the course of the game with Spencer Sanders scrambling and throwing to the slot receivers and sustaining drives and maybe Quinn Ewers throws a pick into the wind and where he tries to force a ball he shouldn't and throws a couple picks. That's their roadmap to success. They cannot get plowed over by the Texas run game. They cannot get beat down the field by Quinn Ewers. Um, Spencer Sanders has to stay healthy. Uh, they cannot, you know, get too far behind. There's just, I just think there's a lot of things that can go wrong for Oklahoma state. So I, I, I pick Texas, but I, I, there is, there is, could be trouble. It could be trouble. Got it. Uh, Jerry, what do you, what do you think? What's your prediction? I 38, 27 Texas, I, I believe is what I went with. And look, I, um, I think Oklahoma State's injuries are a factor, center and Spencer Sanders. That's two bad injuries to have. I mean, I can't think of two worse injuries to have on offense than center and quarterback, especially when it's the backup center. Um, and look, I'm I'm putting uh, I'm putting a little bit on something that I wonder about with Texas. Honestly, is you know in basketball you say shooting doesn't travel, but good defense does. And that's kind of like your offense isn't always going to travel, but if you play really good defense, you're gonna you have a chance to win. Well. Texas hasn't played really good defense on the road. And maybe I'm putting too much on this because of the Oklahoma State injuries and the fact that talked with somebody close to the TCU program, and they thought the TC, the Oklahoma State offensive line wasn't as physical as in years past. And that stuck out to me because Texas' strength is a defensive front. And if that's true and Oklahoma State can't run the ball and Spencer Sanders is – limited in what he can do because of the injuries with his feet and the risks they'll take with him. I think that plays in the Texas hands pretty well. And I'm going to go out on a limb here. I expect Texas to run the ball more downhill on Oklahoma state, not get quite as cute early as they did with Iowa state. Um, I'm just seeing things from Roshan Johnson right now, as talented as Bijan is, I'm seeing things when Roshan comes into a game, the physicality he's bringing to this team, and I think that travels for Texas. I think his leadership and his toughness, Jordan Whittington's toughness, I think Kelvin Banks' toughness. You're starting to see players at Texas play with more physicality and toughness than they have, especially under Sarkeesian, right, as he's built this program. That stuff travels on the road. If you walk out on the field in Stillwater and say, we're going to be the more physical team today, I'm going to pick you to win, and that's where I'm at. I, I got to be honest with you. It's not just those guys you mentioned, which are the premier players of the team that are being more physical. Let's talk about a guy like Anthony Cook. Yeah. I mean, I think he, it's bleeding he, he laid the wood. Yeah, no no doubt, right? Let's talk about Jaron Thompson, who's being more physical this year than he was a year ago, clearly, and yep. more successful. Talk about Ryan Watts, who gets added to the defense and – you know, goes out with a shoulder injury because he's trying to be physical. Uh, Jalen Ford, much better, uh, much more physical this year. Less, I, I think the, the issue with Jalen Ford, and I could be wrong, but I'd love to get y'all's take on this because he's been the team's leading tackler. The issue with Jalen right now is he's not thinking as much. He's playing more. Uh, do you get that sense, Ian, that, that Jalen Ford's kind of like filling into his role right now? Yeah, i I think they've kind of they put a little too much on his plate last week against Iowa State. They had him zone dropping out into space, but he does it pretty well. Like you can see why they would think maybe they could get away with that. Um, 
Yeah, he's he's the kind of linebacker Texas has had few and far in between in the last decade, where he's quick enough, he's got some athleticism, but he also just knows where to be and uh, can balance the run and pass duties of a linebacker against the spread. He's got the quickness to handle being in space, but he's got the thickness and the, and the strength to play in the box as well. You need, you need, you know, part of why Oklahoma State has been consistently good for Gundy is that they have guys like this every single year. They don't go years without a Jalen Ford. Um, that's, Texas needs to get there themselves. Yeah, I think that's a great point because physicality is, it's easy to talk about. It's, it's you know, and I, and I always do say this, like, it, it felt like Tom Herman had his guys get up and be physical for one game or a, a game. And then the next one, it was the old Olay on defense, right? <laughs> and so you can't, if you're a physical team, you typically are physical each and every week, right? It's not a, it's not something that you come and go by. Now you may get a team's best at some point in time, right? Or a, 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 your squad's best, but physicality is something that, that, that travels too, Jerry. Go ahead. And by, and think about what we talked about before the season, because I think it's starting to play out and see if it does play out Saturday, how the offensive line would come together, these young kids, more than just a freshman, first-year starters, second-year starters, how they've gotten much more physical and confident with continuity as the season's moved along. Um, and, and, I, and I say this, and it's to the point, to, to, that, to the point earlier, is um, Anthony Cook's physicality makes Jaron Thompson more physical. Maybe it's Ryan Watts that should get the credit for it coming in. But Kelvin Banks is the most physical offensive lineman on the team, and he's a freshman. That pushes the other guys. And so now you're starting to see more guys with attitude. I'm sure if we got Casey Stuttered on the show right now, he would say, I'm seeing things I'm starting to like out there from this offensive line. Even when Neto comes into the game against Oklahoma, he had bad intentions, right? I think Texas is starting to have guy. They have multiple guys with bad intentions, whether that's Jordan Whittington blocking and throwing people to the ground, Kelvin Banks engaging a smaller player and driving him into the end zone and telling him about it, um, Roshan Johnson coming in and dropping his pads on anybody in his path and then getting up in the huddle and telling the guys, this is the way it has to be, this is the way it's going to be when we're on. If I'm on this team and we're on this field. Remember, he was leading the team at the Iowa State game going into that break at the end. The backup running back is the leader of the Texas program. He's bringing physicality, and I think you're starting to see it within the program, and that's how you kind of flip the script, and that's how you turn the corner, and we'll see if they officially get this corner turn Saturday. They don't win that game last week uh, without a physical play from Anthony Cook. I, no question. I shouldn't say they don't definitively win it. I, you can't say that, but – until that fumble, I, I think I would have thought that that Texas was likely going to lose to Iowa State because Iowa State was going to be kicking, uh, at the very worst, kicking a field goal to win that game with a cup, couple of tosses into the end zone, uh, most likely. All right. Um, and so um, I, I feel like it, it's one of those things that that physicality uh, and the thing that Roshan, people will call him a leader, and he is. I don't want to take away from that, but physicality especially when you have success with it can be contagious. Yes. Right. I mean, teams start saying, Hey, you know what? That I remember we were down against Iowa state or we, we, we were on the ropes 
And we really started popping and made something happen. Let's go out and make something happen again. And that's where teams, they, they get into this strange, um, you know, strange area uh, of actually believing in themselves and playing, doubling down on what they know is right, if that makes sense. It's like a, it's a positive feedback loop almost uh, where you're trying to get those guys uh, going in that direction. Um, you know, Jerry and, and Ian, uh, thinking about this as we talk about uh, Texas and Oklahoma State, um, anything in particular you're concerned with uh, going up against Oklahoma State? And we've talked a lot about it, but is there one thing you'd pinpoint and say, eh, if, if, if this happens, better watch out? Mine personally is if Texas can't run the ball with some consistency. Uh, that's something that Brian Irwin talks about. You need to be able to not only run the ball, but run it with some consistency. That that puts Texas behind the chains, and I thought Texas was behind the chains too much in the first half, uh, possibly a lot with uh, those types of runs where they were doing a lot of pull work, a lot of pulling of the guards, and Iowa State was shooting the gaps in that first half. They played behind the chains. So if Texas can't be consistent with the run game, that doesn't that doesn't uh, bode well for the Longhorns in Stillwater. Ian, you go first on this. I the biggest thing that would give me concern early would be too many turnovers. Like I, I'm, I agree with Jerry. Like you don't want to get too stressed out about Quinn Ewers throwing an interception early, or at all. Um, as long as you have a chance to get back in the game, you know, just keep throwing. But if they get themselves in a hole early, and you just give Gundy and Sanders a chance to. Um, save up some, save up a little extra for the fourth quarter and try to hang on and win late. That, that would be, you know, cardiac city right down the stretch. Um, yeah. What about you, Jerry? Yeah. Um, I, I'm trying to think here. Um, you know, what scares you about Iowa state? All right. Excuse me about Oklahoma state. Um, just that, Mike Gundy's the best coach in the conference, man. I mean, it, it just look at what he's done, his career there. I mean, I, how many guys could you realistically put in the Oklahoma State and they'd have the same record? He's always been undervalued as a coach. Um, it's America's biggest homecoming, as Joe Cook said this weekend. I mean, Oklahoma State, like that, that, everybody's on the Beat Texas tour before they head to the SEC, right? But it's been the Beat Texas tour for years, right, at, at all these places. And just like Texas Tech brought the heat, with the fans and everything and left nothing. It was kitchen sink time, right? Mike Gundy's coming off a loss. Whatever trick play they have, whatever he's got in the bags coming out Saturday because he has to win the game. It, it literally is a must-win game for Oklahoma State when you look at if you lose, you have two losses in Big 12 play, and then you have all the pressure in the world to win out to get to the Big 12 championship game. So what scares me is the total unknown with Gundy. What is he going to pull out in this game that you haven't seen this year or Sarkeesian and them haven't seen, period? Yep. Yep. Um, I want to, before I uh, say ask some uh, final questions, I want to say thanks to our sponsor, Andy Ludicky. Uh Stuck in the corporate rat race with two weeks PTO and no control over the money you can make or your schedule in general, call Andy. He will take you through a process to help find a business that will fit your skill sets and financial goals. Franchise ownership isn't for everyone, but if you have a desire to take control of your destiny, 
call Andy or email him at Andy at myperfectfranchise.net. Um, Big 12 overall guys right now. Um, who's the class of it? If you had to choose right now, who are your two teams that are in Dallas for the Big 12 championship? I'll start. Uh, I'll start. I, I, you got to go with TCU being one of them right now. I mean, how do you how do you not? I mean, they got a tough schedule coming up. But when I look at TCU, and I don't think they're great defensively. Don't get me wrong. I think um, they have two quarterbacks. Chandler Morris is a better passer, right? So if Duggan goes down, it changes what they do. But then it opens up their passing game more. If Duggan's in, you got two or three future NFL wide receivers spreading the field out. And then you have Duggan who can make some plays with his feet and the offensive line's good enough. Um, and they're confident. I mean, confidence matters. Um, so I would take, I would take them. And then I take the winner of this game Saturday. Uh, and I, I, I mean, that's maybe a cop out, but I do think the winner of this game is going to end up this week is probably going to end up in the big 12 championship game. Ian. I I still think TCU might turn back into a pumpkin at some point, this, maybe this Saturday night. Um, so I, I'm going to, I agree with Jerry, the winner of this game. So I think Texas and Kansas state right now, I think are the most likely And Kansas state has a lot more talent maybe than people realize. Um, they play defense, which TCU does not really do. Adrian Martinez has been through this grind many, many times before in the big 10 which is uh, – I don't know that the Big Ten West is harder or less hard than the Big 12, but I know there's a lot of big people there that hit you hard into the cold. And uh, I think the Big 12 is probably a little easier in that regard at least. So I, I'm going to take Kansas State and Texas right now. I wanted to go Oklahoma State, but TCU kind of spoiled it. And now Sanders being dinged up, can't do it. I think it's interesting. The, the teams that you all have all mentioned, uh, there's been four of them essentially. Uh, TCU, Oklahoma State, uh, Texas, and Kansas State, right? Um, of those, only Texas does not start a four-year starter at quarterback. Mm. Yeah. I mean, you're talking about Duggan started as a freshman at TCU off and on. Uh, clearly, he lost his job in the preseason, but has uh, recaptured it because uh, Chandler Morris could go at TCU right now if they wanted if they wanted him to. Uh, Spencer Sanders, four-year starter at Oklahoma State. Uh, and Adrian Mar Mar Martinez, I think, three-year starter at Nebraska, plus a fourth year now uh, at Kansas State. Um, I, my pick right now would have to be um, uh, the winner of Texas-Oklahoma State. I think Texas right now is in good shape there. Um, I, you know, I think Texas matches up pretty well with uh, TCU at this point, actually, because they can stop – Texas can stop the run, so – I would probably lean Texas in either Kansas State or Oklahoma State because I do think that it's possible there are two two-loss teams uh, mm -hmm. in this conference in the state in the uh, Big 12 championship team. I, I just don't know. My problem with Kansas State as a team right now, and this is for Ian, is I don't know if they have enough offense, if they can really generate enough offense to win in a league that can make against almost every team can manufacture some points. Right. And so even with a great defense um, teams are going to learn and figure out how to manage some points. And that, that includes Kansas state this year as well. 
The nice thing that they have going in their favor, though, is if they win this week, they don't have any losses yet. So if, if it's if it's two lost teams in the Big 12 final, you know, they just have a lot of margin for error. They um, they outscored Oklahoma. Oklahoma. If, you know, if a three-loss team gets in, maybe, maybe Oklahoma even sneaks back in with Gabriel healthy. Although, yeah, I don't think so either, but, you know. Baylor's really out of the picture now. Uh, they just they just don't look very good. I I think uh, so. Kansas State they have Texas at home. They have Oklahoma State uh, also at home. They have TCU on the road. A lot of these games are already out of the way. I, th- I think Kansas State is is set up pretty nicely to get through with only one or two losses, and it comes down to tiebreakers. You know, it, it, they got to win this week. If they win this week, then I think Kansas State will be in great shape. Like yeah. That. Um, that, that, uh, <laughs> that makes sense. Hopefully we see some stiff arms tomorrow that are successful from B. John Robinson. Uh, no doubt, uh, guys, uh, Jerry, uh, Ian and myself, we're all on insidetexas.com each and every day. Please visit us over there. We're on the message boards. We're writing articles talking about the Longhorns, uh, football and recruiting as well as some basketball stuff coming up of late, uh, as well as the, the horns get prepared for that season to get started. Uh, but please join us at InsideTexas.com if you get a chance. Uh, but uh, for today, that's been this live stream. Uh, for Jerry and Ian, I'm Bobby Burton, and thanks for watching.